In the last two chapters, Jung evoked the symbolism of fish in alchemy. Jung had two core reasons for doing this. The first reason was, of course, to further demonstrate the psyche's tendency to project the god image onto fish. However, there was a second reason, and that second reason is the primary focus of this chapter. To Jung, one of the main reasons why Western alchemy emerged in the 16th and 17th century was because the Western mind was attempting to understand the external, natural world on the basis of Christian dogma. It was trying to synthesize a unitary vision of the world in which the physical and the mystical aspects played equal parts. Naturally, with the advent of science and the theory of evolution, the alchemical tradition died off. This seemed perfectly appropriate. After all, we know that many of the alchemical concepts we discussed in the last couple of chapters are not true in the objective materialist sense. So, the alchemical tradition was replaced by something that was viewed to be better. Though this replacement served the world greatly in many respects, something was lost with the death of alchemy, when existence started to be viewed purely in physical, external terms. With humanity's increasing mastery over the external natural world, the internal psychological world was perniciously ignored. Moreover, the religious systems that tried to make sense of that inner psychological world began to die off. For instance, Western society began to forget what the symbol of Jesus was trying to represent in the first place, that being the Jungian self. Instead of Jesus representing our psychological tendency to strive to higher states of being, he became superstitious folly. This disregarding of the inner psychological world went so far that science began to convince the world that what we regarded as psyche was merely a symptom of chemical reactions, an epiphenomenon of biological processes in the brain cells. Indeed, for some time it did not exist at all. As we laid out in chapter 5, this replacement of religion with science, though it had its benefit, also had its deficit vis-a-vis -vis the necessity of opposites. That negative element was, to reuse Nietzsche's words, the death of God. And with the death of God came the loss of those symbols which tried to represent our inner psychic realities. When psychic reality is passed off as mere chemical reactions and religion as childish superstition, what necessarily followed was the dissolution of the Jungian self. We forgot why we worshipped symbols of the Jungian self in the first place. Without that higher ideal to worship, our unconscious minds were left with two choices. Nihilism, which denotes the worship of nothing, and totalitarianism, which denotes the worship of the state. Though religion has had its fair share of bloody conflict, nihilism and totalitarianism weren't much better, if the 20th century is anything to go by. The problem we are left with is the irreconcilable conflict between religion and science, between the Christian and anti-Christian sentiments. In Jung's mind, this will be the fundamental conflict which will define the new ion. If the previous ion, the ion of Pisces, was about establishing both the Christian and anti-Christian energies, the new ion, the ion of Aquarius, will be about trying to resolve this opposition. 
This is worrying because the world seems increasingly antagonistic to dissenting points of view, not just on the basis of science and religion, but anything. Every viewpoint we hold is absolute and perfect, and our opponents are always wrong. To admit any ignorance or wrongdoing on our parts would equal a ceding of ground to people we view as pure evil. Nazis, communists, alt-right, far-right, leftists, far-left, and so on. Worse yet, there are no solutions regarding how these conflicts can be resolved in the new ION. However, in regards to the conflict between science and religion, Jung provides a template. Though alchemy failed, for obvious reasons, it serves as a prototype to solve the conflict between religion and science. This is why Jung evoked alchemy in the first place, because it tried to marry psychological reality with physical reality of religion and the natural world. By accepting the benefits and deficits of both science and religion, of the Christian and anti-Christian sentiments, one can bring about that unified vision of the world. Instead of viewing the world exclusively through a scientific or religious lens, it could be done through both simultaneously. However, this can only be done when certain requirements are met. First of all, both science and religion must recognize and validate their shadow sides. These shadow sides include the information that their conscious sides lack. By integrating the unconscious contents of their respective shadows, they can reach closer approximation to not only the Jungian self, but also that unified vision of the world. Let us discuss what science and religion need to do in order to achieve that end state. Jung believed that the message of religion could work if one knows how to combine the church's language, ideas, and customs with an understanding of the present. The fact of the matter is, many religious circles continue to make use of a language and outlook that have become alien to our present way of thinking. If one can present a new dogma, a refinement of what came before that maintains the psychological truth of Christianity with the scientific psyche of the modern man, then the conflict may begin to be resolved. In order for the new dogma to come about, Jung states that religious texts should not be concrete. Instead, like a snake changing its skin, the old myth needs to be clothed anew in every renewed age if it is not to lose its therapeutic effect. The Bible cannot be simply believed. It cannot be hypostatized, as the Protestants hypostatized the Bible, illegitimately making it the supreme authority regardless of its contradictions and controversial interpretations. If dogma continues to be a tenet, accepted in and for itself, with no basis in any experience that would demonstrate its truth, then humanity will continue to drift away from religion. Now, as for science, Jung believed that it needed to take the psyche seriously. Science's fundamental flaw was that it believed fervently in absolute objectivity, and assiduously overlooked the fundamental difficulty that the real vehicle and begetter of all knowledge is the psyche, the very thing the scientists knew the least about for the longest time. Science cannot dismiss the psyche as the mere result of chemical reactions or the unconscious as a useless concept. They must be accepted as transcendentally real. 
At the moment, science is unable to give an adequate understanding of what consciousness is, where it comes from, or how it operates. Religion can potentially fill in this gap by giving abstract representations of these inner unconscious processes. This is why the symbol of Jesus is effective. It is representing a transcendent state, a paradoxical state that the human mind cannot understand but is nonetheless striving towards. And we know this is true, for had there not been an affinity, magnet, between the figure of the Redeemer and certain contents of the unconscious, the human mind would never have been able to perceive the light shining in Christ and seize upon it so passionately. It is only when we assimilate the traditional myth to the modern scientific world that the conflict will resolve. To do that, science must recognize the psychological value of the god image, and religion must allow their core myths to take on a new skin, to change the details of their appearance, but maintain their essence. It is this very thing that both Jung and Peterson are trying to do. This is why Peterson will speak about religion and God while also talking frequently to atheists. This is why he speaks about our evolutionary history as chimps while simultaneously calling himself a very religious person. He, like Jung, is trying to complete what the alchemists set out to do. He is trying to unite the soul of religious tradition with the knowledge of science. He is trying to reawaken the truth latent in the myth. He is trying to draw the divine fish from the deepest depths. He is trying to unite the opposites. Thanks again for watching. Make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Also, if you like the work I'm doing here and want to support me, please consider donating to my Subscribestar campaign. Depending on how much you donate, you will gain a certain number of rewards. If you can't do that, I totally understand what with everything going on. What helps me out most of all, actually, is just sharing this video. Just share it. Share it in a Jordan Peterson Facebook group or something like that. It helps me out more than you know. Finally, if you want more discussion surrounding Ion, make sure to subscribe to Uber Boyo and Young to Live By. They provide a lot more insight into these concepts and find ways to make the subject less terrifying and much more fun. Links to their channels in the description box below. Until next time, just remember, stay yellow.